Hi there, Scott Rockfile, back with another podcast for your ears. A review of the brand new 4K ultra high definition version. Well, it's 40 years. The 40th anniversary edition of the Blues Brothers. I grew up really into music. I tried to play guitar in fifth grade and realized I wasn't taught very well later. Uh, they, they actually taped numbers and letters to the frets, but those numbers and letters didn't correspond to actual notes and chords. So you had to learn things, you know, by these weird charts they made, and they didn't teach you how to read music, so that wasn't helpful at all. So a year later, in sixth grade, I joined the band because I wanted to be in music, and and. I wanted to be a drummer, but everybody wanted to be a drummer, so I had to pick something else. And Gonna Fly Now, the theme from Rocky, was big, so I picked trumpet. So from that moment on, I was in music. Uh, You know, everything that goes along with music, practice, performance, the whole nine yards, and all the way through college and beyond. So anything musical that came out in movies or whatever, I was very much interested in. And I I got into acting a little bit in high school and college and and that sort of thing. So right around 1980 was the time I was was transitioning from middle school to high school. And I remember I did not see Blues Brothers in the theater because it was rated R. But um, we saw it on one of those band lock-in things where they lock you in on a Friday night and you have to watch movies all night. Because it was what it was, there were several R-rated movies in our repertoire to keep us awake in the middle of the night, including things like Blues Brothers and Scanners even later. Uh, But anyway, on the fly and stuff like that, Uh, early 80s stuff like that. So anyway, I've always loved the Blues Brothers, always remembered it fondly, and I have had the movie on Blu-ray from quite some time, but I haven't watched it in years, and and certainly not since I've begun reviewing things and paying more attention critically to movies. It was directed by John Landis, who, in my formative years when I was getting into movies, I really respected John Landis. I loved John Landis. Animal House showed on American TV, heavily edited. Uh, It was released in 1978. I was too young to see an R-rated movie at that time. But in high school, I finally did see the R-rated version of Animal House and really liked it. And if you were around that time, you remember how big John Belushi was in Saturday Night Live, how it was really funny. I mean... You have, if you weren't around then, you don't know how big Saturday Night Live really used to be. It's still a thing now, but it was something that everybody talked about from young kids to adults on Monday in in school and work and things like that. And it was just, so I mentioned that because several of the actors in these early John uh, Landis movies were Saturday Night Live alum. Uh, He started with Kentucky Fried Movie. Well, he made a movie called Schlock in 73, which I don't remember much of. Then Kentucky Fried Movie, which was basically a movie full of short story vignettes like an episode of Saturday Night Live. In 78, Animal House. In 80, The Blues Brothers. 81, American Werewolf in London. That is a true classic, in my opinion. In 82, he made Coming Soon. In 83, Trading Places and Twilight Zone, the movie, which almost ended his career. There was an accident. You might want to Google that. And then in 1985, he had a big year. He made Into the Night, Spies Like Us, B.B. King, Into the Night, and was the executive producer of Clue. Went on to direct movies like Three Amigos and Coming to America, but after Innocent Blood, he made some really bad movies. Beverly Hills Cop 3 was terrible. The Stupids, Blues Brothers 2000, he actually directed. Also terrible. But going back to the Blues Brothers and watching it with my, you know, my reviewer eyes on, 
I'm remembering how much I always love the movie. It's really a mess of a movie. Um, watching the extras, they did film it like a musical. It's not your typical musical. In a musical, the characters will start singing uh, what they're feeling or aspects of the plot. That's not this kind of musical. Basically, what happens in the Blues Brothers, if you haven't seen the movie, and I won't get into too many spoilers, is you have these two characters that were created on, on Saturday Night Live um, and actually had an album, had a record deal at the time, and that's why they made a movie, because it was just every you strike while the iron is hot, says show business, and everything, everybody wanted more Blues Brothers, so they made a movie. And... Uh, it is a series of song vignettes. Um, the Blues Brothers get from point A to point B, and there's a song or an action scene. And they go from point B to point C, and there's a song or an action scene or both. And whatever happens in the song or action scene, that leads them to the next vignette, the next short story. The next, you know, watching it now, and I watch a lot of movies, as a movie, it almost fails because. It's very loosely strung together as a movie. It's two characters who get involved in different situations. It's a quintessential road movie and musical. That being said, the musical performances are five-star stellar. You've got Aretha Franklin. You've got Ray Charles. You've got Cab Calloway. You have some of the greatest blues and jazz and rock musicians ever. Uh, the Saturday Night Live band, which was the Blues Brothers band, is also in the movie and play, perform in the songs, but also act in the movie, too. So if you watch it in that aspect, and, and you've seen it before in the nostalgia on that, it, it is a fantastic movie. If you're going in watching it like a traditional movie as we watch movies today, you're going to go, I don't get it, a lot of it. Because if you don't know who John Belushi was and Dan Aykroyd, you know, if you don't know about the Blues Brothers going in, they're introduced a little bit, but it's just kind of, you're just kind of thrown into this situation. Because it was everywhere at the time, we all know who the Blues Brothers was. But watching it now, I'd be like, wow, if I were like 25 and watching this movie, I'd never seen it before. And, and I didn't know about Saturday Night Live or the John Belushi's acting career before he died and things like that. I, I would watch the movie and go, well, this is strange because it's two characters we just kind of get thrown into. And then they go on a mission to save a, an orphanage. And then there's a song. And then there's a car chase. And then there's a song. And then there's a car chase. And then there's a song. And then there's a car chase. And then there's the end of the movie with a cameo from a very, very young Steven Spielberg. Um, yes, that's him. Uh, gives them the receipt when they pay the taxes at the end of the movie. It's a great movie. It, it has great performances, and it's unique in the annals of, of musicals and of these kind of movies. It was a Saturday Night Live spinoff that worked. It was a success. It was popular. It still holds up. And so now Universal, uh, wow, in the past week we've gotten Jaws and the Blues Brothers in fully restored 4K editions that are just fantastic. I haven't reviewed Jaws yet because I haven't watched it yet, but I did watch Blues Brothers yesterday. And Blues Brothers looks fantastic. They have gone back to the original 35mm film. They have scanned it at 4K. They have color graded it. They have fixed it. They have color corrected it. They have restored both the theatrical version and the extended version. I watched the theatrical because I just wanted to have that experience. But over the next couple of weeks, I will watch the extended version and maybe do a, a, an addendum to this podcast. So... If you're thinking about picking it up, oh, the soundtrack, it is the best I'd ever sounded. When the, the first music starts playing, I'm like, 
Wow, they really went in and really fixed this. It doesn't sound like an old movie. The music sounds vibrant in today. Uh, the How it's incorporated in the movie. Uh, the lips don't always match up. You know, they're lip syncing when they do the dancing. Uh, Aretha Franklin's not always uh, exactly on with her performance, but her recorded performance is incredible. The, the songs they perform, a lot of classics in there. Uh, it fits the movie. It fits the tone. It fits the story they're trying to tell. It, it's really, if you love the blues, I don't know why you wouldn't watch the Blues Brothers. And if it's one of your favorite movies, it's worth the upgrade. I have the original Blu-ray which has been out quite some time now, and it doesn't look anything like this. I mean, it still looks washed out, faded. The sound is a bit kind of muffled and kind of soft. This was a bombastic mix. It was in DTS-X. Um, I didn't notice a whole lot of overhead and a whole lot of... The surround sound was good. I did notice that, but not so much in the overheads, but a lot of rear stuff, a lot of side stuff. Um not just music, but ambient stuff when they were in theaters, when they were outside. Um, if you've never seen it, I don't want to get into Carrie Fisher's character, but she looks fabulous in the movie. You almost forget she's in the movie because she kind of pops in and out of the whole thing. Um, it's funny how not all of it really works. There, there are places where, uh, you know, they're kind of that they're riffing, you know, they're, they're throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. And Dan Aykroyd has a few questionable scenes. Belushi's pretty much a force of nature in the whole movie, though. He he totally is Jake and Joliet Jake. It, it's a classic quintessential movie, not just in John Landis's career, but also in these types of movies, in Saturday Night Live movies, in comedy movies, and musicals. It's just really well done. It, it holds up in that respect. But like I said, it's a bit of a mess of a movie. It's interesting that it... it it stands up like it does. It's a little long. It's two hours and 12 minutes. The extended version is another 15 minutes longer. Um, but I don't know what you'd trim. You don't want to trim the performances, that's for sure. And the comedy outside of the performances usually works for the most part. Not all of it, but you know, most of it holds up and stands the test of time. They were, they were aiming to do something a little more classic instead of timely. And I think they succeeded. This new 4K edition is definitely worth your time. It's only about 20 bucks right now. The Even the Steelbook at Best Buy, if it's not sold out, I think it is. But the, it's a really great Steelbook, too. But both the Steelbook and the regular 4K editions were right around $19.99 as I record this. So if you're a fan, I think that's a decent amount of money to pay to get the 4K version, the Blu-ray version, a digital copy. And like I said, if you can find the Steelbook, it's pretty cool. It's got the car with the speaker on the back and them dancing in the church on the front. Um, it's a classic. It just, like I said, it, it was just weird to watch it with reviewer eyes and reviewer ears and go, bit of a mess of a movie, but then again, it was really John Landis's, well, I guess his fourth movie, but Kentucky Fried Movie had helped. Animal House kind of, that was a vignette type movie. I mean, it's a, you know, it was one of those college fraternity type movies. So the Blues Brothers was actually his first stepping out and doing something really different and knocked it out of the park and then followed it up with American Werewolf in London, which is, I'm going to do a new review of that at some point because that's one of my all-time favorite movies. So I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. My website is therockfile.com. Check out the Patreon page. The link is below. Also have a couple new Facebook groups I'm involved in. Uh, one is called Daily Song Challenge. It is free to join. Every day at 12 noon, we post some kind of song challenge and you as a member of the group are supposed to post answers, songs about foods, songs with black in the title, that kind of thing. 
The other group is called Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, and it is a group with my buddy Adam, who is Hard Rock Daddy. And it's going to be a Gen X-type group that posts stories and snippets and info and interviews talking about sex, drugs, and rock and roll as it relates to our generation, Generation X, approximately, you know, mid-60s to what, mid-80s is our generation, something like that. So if you want to join either one of the groups, they're free to join, but they are private because that helps us keep the riffraff out. And if you've been on the internet for any time at all, you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, check out the groups. Um, Also links below. I'm Scott Hamilton. Thank you very much for listening. 